Thanks for joining us for the Westbridge Church Podcast. More information about Westbridge Church is available at westbridgedanville.com. Here's this week's message from Pastor John McDougall. church family. I love it that our first move here in 2019 as a faith family is to the foot of the cross as we come to this time of communion. Jesus called us to do this in remembrance of him. And it's as we kneel at the cross, we remember that all of our offenses, if you picture a sheet of paper and all the things that we have done to offend a holy God, When we come to faith in Christ because of what he did for us on the cross, that list of offenses has been torn up. Not one of those will ever be held against us. Our debt has been canceled, and we can write forgiven over our lives. As we come to the the foot of the cross, we remember that it's at at the foot of the cross and through what Christ did for us, those chains that held us captive to sin where we couldn't do what's right, or at least with the right heart, those chains were broken, fallen off to the ground, and we walk free people, people that can choose to do what's right by His power. It's at the foot of the cross that that we see death, that dark specter that, that is ahead of us all, defeated. When Jesus rose from the grave, he turned death into but a doormat to life. And we will step on death one day and walk through the gates of heaven, that door, those doors of heaven pushed open by the nail-scarred hands of our Lord. And when we walk through those doors, we will enter the arms of our Father that Jesus tells us about in the prodigal son where he says the Father ran to his son. He didn't go to his son and say, you weasel, you don't deserve this. You need to work some of this off. No, he said, love you. Wrapped him up and said, come enjoy. That's our destiny. It's at the foot of the cross. The the lights of hope just shine, don't they? As we look at the lights of heaven and imagine what he's prepared for us. It's at the foot of the cross. We also hear our Lord whisper now, come follow me. Take up your cross. Let's go. Be a blessing, whatever that may look like. It's at the foot of the cross that our pride starts to melt away. With John, we say, when people started following Jesus, and John's disciples came to him and said, hey, the crowd's going to him. And John says what? He must increase, I must decrease. Paul says, if I have one boast, I'm only going to boast in this, and it's not going to be my education or my work or my performance or any other thing. My only boast in life is the cross of Jesus Christ through which this world and all its stuff has been crucified to me and I to the world. What a great place to start this year. It's at the foot of the cross. We make a resolution with Paul. I love it what he says in 1 Corinthians 2.2. The church was arguing about who was a better leader, who I'm following, and Paul says this. He says, guys, when I was with you, I had one resolve, one resolution while I was living with you, and it was to know Jesus Christ. It was the name of Christ. It was Christ Jesus crucified. That was it. It's here at the foot of the cross. We say again, Lord, as we begin this year, let this year be about you alone. 
Let my name be forgotten in light of you. And let your name be lifted up. So would you join me in prayer? Father, as we come to this sacred space here at this first Resurrection Sunday of the year, we come with hearts full of gratitude for what you've given us, life at its very best. Father, thank you for giving your son for us. And Jesus, thank you for coming to this, into this mess of our world for one purpose, and that was to lay your life down that we might have life forever with you. Lord, as your followers and your worshipers this morning, our hearts are just overflowing with gratitude. Thank you. We adore you. We worship you. And we also surrender our lives to you here at the outset of this year. As we take this bread, we remember that it represents your body that was broken for us. And so we offer our bodies back up to you to be broken, whatever that looks like, as we follow your will we live a life of love. We pray that you would be pleased with all that you see as you look into our hearts this morning, and we pray that you would energize us this morning through your word to follow you and to be a blessing for your glory. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.
Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Sam will lead us in prayer for the cup this time. Father, we thank you for the precious blood of Jesus Christ that was spilt for our forgiveness of sins. We thank you, Father, that you cleanse us of our sins. We thank you for the mercy and grace that you have lavished on us. We just ask that you would help us to live a life of mercy and grace to one another. We look forward to that day when we will just uh, share this communion with Jesus, our Lord and Savior, face to face. For it's in Christ's name we pray these things. the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me morning my name is Mitch Irving and this is my wife Nicole we're part of the deacon care team uh, for those of you that may not know the deacon care team um, its primary purpose is to help meet and facilitate meeting the needs of people in within our church. Um, and that is accomplished through your generosity. Um, Nicole and I have been on the team for about four months now, and it's been neat to see the different ways that God's using your generosity to meet needs of people that you may be sitting next to and needs that you may not even know exist. Um, if you would like to contribute to this ministry today, uh, there's an envelope in the seat in front of you. It says Deacon Fund. You can put your offering in there, or you can mark on your the memo of your check Deacon Fund. And if you have any questions um, after service, feel free to approach Nicole or I or any other member of the Deacon team. Let's pray for the offering. God, we thank you today just for the reminder of uh, the sacrifice that you made for us through your son Jesus on the cross. God, and we just pray that as we give back to you today with our offerings, that you would use it to glorify your name and to further your kingdom. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, happy new year to everyone. Hope your uh, year is off to a good start. Did we all enjoy spring yesterday? Wasn't that awesome here? That was a, uh, yeah, just good for the soul to taste a little sunshine. And we're, uh, what a great way to, to start this year. Thank you, Wes and worship team, just to fix our eyes on our Lord and his promises. And I, I think over the holidays, we taste that little bit of heaven where we're with the people we love and we get to just enjoy time together. And now it's back to the grind and we're going into the tough part of the year, right? January, February, spring break's coming. But uh, just what a gift to have this confidence that our Lord goes with us. And those of you who are headed back into, you know, I live in a household where uh, my wife's a teacher, so headed back into school, and kids going back to school, college students, it is so good to have you guys with us, and now you're headed back, and I know that's fun, but also can be stressful, and I know parents that are saying goodbye can be sad, and so uh, we go with the Lord, and he's going to see us through, isn't he? Spring is coming. 
in more ways than one. But uh, good to be together today. And what I love about this Sunday, first Sunday of the new ministry year, is we get to launch this new series we're calling Purify. And my wife, who is a teacher, said, John, did you realize you spelled that wrong? <laughs> and I was figuring everybody would get the creative license, right? But what's the, why didn't we spell it with a Y? The I represents what? Me, right? So purify. And we're praying. God will purify me and you and we have, basically, this is a 10-week journey, asking the question, chasing the question, what is the process that God has given us to actually live with a heart that beats with a pure love for him and others as we set out to, to go be a blessing? And so March the 10th is going to be the finish line of this, and can't wait to see what, what God's going to do over these next few weeks. But before we dig into that, we have a New Year's family tradition here at Westbridge called the Disciple Challenge, and hopefully you, you found one of these in your chair. If not, we have them back at our, our guest services area. On the one side is our training plan. This is just a reminder to all of us, but especially if you're new to the church, you can pick up and run. Our mission as a church is to become fully devoted followers of Christ, to which you say, how do you do that? What's that look like? And this is our plan. We say, okay, a follower of Christ is someone who's living like Christ. And there were five habits in the life of Christ that we see that led to five heart attitudes. Worship, reach, connect, grow, serve. Worship being that, that weekly gathering that leads to a love for God. Uh, the second one is, re we call it the word reach. But this is where we're here to, to really reach somebody who doesn't know God. And so we're praying, we say one life. We're praying for one life who may be far from God. Third is the small group. We're, we're doing life together, following Christ together. Fourth is... Our, our daily meeting with God, that seven days a week, we're, we're connecting with him, and we call it chair time. We meet with him in his word through prayer, and then uh, head out to uh, hopefully have a day-long conversation. And then last is that we're all involved in a personal ministry, somehow um, serving the body or, or those outside the church family. So when you flip it over, though, this is what's unique. We call this our, our disciple challenge. Each year, there's three parts to it. My one word slash verse, a weekly Bible reading, and then a monthly theme verse. The one word is this idea that in our ADD, information overload culture, it is so hard to stay focused on one thing for a duration, isn't it? And so this is where we say, okay, here at the start of the year, this next week, so before next Sunday, we pray, Lord, what's one area of my life that you want to change to be more like Jesus? And then we summarize it in a word and then we tie that word to a scripture, so it's anchored in scripture, one word, and then we chase that word all year long. So that's uh, my, my one word this last year was always, and it comes out of 1 Corinthians 13, 7, love always protects, always hopes, always trusts, always perseveres. And I realized I can love, but there's some definite gaps where in this area I'm not loving. And man, it was so helpful just to, God used it a lot. <laughs> just coming back, John, always always. And so I, I know that's you've experienced that. It also gives us a, a corporate uh, vocabulary, like, hey, what's your one word? We can pray for each other. Just throw out a couple uh, examples. Who, somebody want to sh uh, share their word they had this past year? Somebody share a word. Got your one word. Anybody? Nobody. Come on. Somebody help me out here, Beth. What was that? Hope. Thank you. Yeah. Hope. Raise the shade. Yeah. Hope, man, it gets gloomy down here, but to live with hope is what God calls us to. Good, and you tie that to a verse. Good, somebody else. 
Nobody wants to. That's all right. I'll, I'll, the, uh, Brian shared, can I share what yours might be this coming year? But he's had a great one, protect. And he was challenged by the, the verse, first, uh, James 1.27, which is uh, religion that our father looks at as pure and flawless is to look after the orphan and the widow in, in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted from the world. And so protect the orphan and the widow, those who can't protect themselves, and then protect my soul from the pollution that's spiritual pollution around there. Isn't that good? So, man, and that keeps us focused. Then the second part is the weekly Bible reading. This is a meta-narrative of the Bible. So you could say it's the greatest, it's one of the greatest hits of, of the Bible that takes you through the whole Bible, gives us the big picture. It's weekly, so you can go through it with a friend or a small group, you know, if you're wondering, what do we go through? Boom, we can just hit this. It's doable. You can catch up if you fall behind. And then the last is the monthly theme verse. This is really neat in that these are 12 verses that we call them fighter verses, but that really, as a follower of Christ, core to helping us win in this fight, and they correspond or sync up with our message series. So if you take that first one, Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, that'll be part of this Purify message series. So not only are we hearing it on Sunday, but you're just soaking in it throughout the week, and hopefully it just gets in to our soul. So who's in? You guys want to, everybody willing to uh, step up with this challenge, and let's do it, and uh, take off running together as a faith family. The other uh, reminder is our big initiative for this year is bless. We have been blessed to be a blessing. And this, if, if you're just joining us, this represents an acrostic called, and these are in the back if you don't have one of these, but, but it's the uh, B stands for we begin with prayer. Lord, who would you have me bless? And then we move into uh, listen. So, so just listening to, to those around us. And then we uh, eat together. And just being intentional about getting together and sharing a meal. And then we look for ways to serve S's. And then the second S is we look for ways to share our faith story. So up to this point, our focus has been let's be a blessing to our immediate family, our biological family. If we're not blessing each other at home, what are the odds we're going to go out and be a blessing to those around us? So let's start at home. That's where it needs to start. But then we said, okay, now let's bless our family and our church family. So through December, we were talking about how can we be a blessing to each other as a church family. Now, today we pivot. And for the next eight months, we are going hard after not only blessing our uh, biological family, church family, but now we want to bless our community, the hood. We want to take this to the hood, to our workplace, to our sports teams, and just pray, Lord, who's one person, one family that you would allow me to just be your blessing to and exit our comfort zones? When he says go, we're going. So, and, and I want to just challenge us, those of you who are competitive, this may light your fire to let you know that Seth Baker is leading the way. He's already out in front of us. We got to catch up with this guy. He shared a story that, that lit me up to go be a blessing where he moved into Bainbridge and he began praying for his one life and who would you have me bless and come to find out his neighbor, a young couple, um, don't really have a church home, but uh, he's getting to know this the guy and and he's a gamer, and Seth is a big gamer, so they connected over gaming, and they started getting together, hanging out, doing that. Well, of all the crazy things, a chlorine leak happened in Bainbridge not long ago, and such that the, the entire town had to evacuate. So Seth packed up his stuff, went over to his, his parents, throat burning up, um, made it over there safely, though, and then realized, I wonder if my neighbors know about this. So he texted the guy, said, hey, are you guys okay? And the guy's, what? He didn't know about the chlorine leak. He says, you better get out of there 
and the guy said, well, I have a problem. I have a, like a zoo full of animals in my house. He had tons of, of pets, and he had no way to transport these pets. And Seth said, well, can I help you? Cloverdale was their destination to, to evacuate to. And, and the guy said, well, actually, yeah. Would you be willing to come help rescue my pets and drive them to Cloverdale with me? And so Seth, gas mask on, goes back into the fog of that smoldering chlorine and uh, picking up pets, dog, two dogs and a cat. He's stuck in his car. And he spent his Sunday afternoon transporting pets to Cloverdale for his neighbor. Now, when he prayed, Lord, would you make me a blessing today? Do you think he had any idea he'd be gas masking into that? <laughs> so, isn't that awesome? Like, we never know where God's going to lead us. But if we're willing to go, how might God use those moments? So Baker's way out ahead. we got to catch him, you guys. Let's go. So uh, go bless. Excited where God's going to lead, lead us this year. Well, uh, today, as I mentioned, we begin our, our Purify message series. And as we do just like to begin with prayer. A couple of things as a community and church family. I think most of you probably know that know the family, but that uh, Mike Peters passed away this, uh, this past, I believe it was Friday evening, but uh, vice principal at the school, but very involved in our community and, and just a uh, awesome guy. So praying for he and the Wicker family and the, uh, the Peters family. And then Dottie Clearwater. If you know Dottie, she would sit back in this area, one of our widows, but she, uh, it, is probably headed home to be with the Lord sometime today. And so just praying God's, God's dying grace, homegoing grace will be over her and that uh, she will gently be, be taken home. So if you would join me in prayer. Father, we do thank you for the opportunity just to gather as a, a faith family this morning and just to know that, that your promises are certain, that we can bank our lives on them, that the promise that you will never leave us or forsake us is so precious, Lord, and, and I thank you that uh, Dottie is claiming that and that she will soon be in your presence. In the meantime, ease her suffering, and, and I pray that um, you would just put people around her who will, who will uh, help her on her homeward way. And I lift up the Peters family as well and just pray your comfort over them. I pray for um, each of us here today. I know we come into this room with various burdens that, Lord, you would lift them up and that you would... Just help us to uh, see the hope that we have in Christ. We love you. We thank you for your word now, and we come to it as nourishment for our soul. I pray that you'd meet each one of us where we are and help us on this process of, of living with a heart that beats pure with love. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so the question of the day is purify. How do we live with a heart that's beating with, with pure love for the Lord? I don't know if you felt that frustration of even as you do good things and right things, there's that little sliver of selfishness or pride or whatever it is that, that you, leaves you thinking, man, how do I live with a heart that, that beats with pure love for God where all I care about is Him getting the credit for this and pure love for the people around me where I'm not living out of a, a selfish motive, but rather a motive to, to be a blessing. One, is that possible? And two, if it's possible, how do we, we live in that? And the answer is yes, it is possible, and God has given us the way. Now, what I love about this image is it's going to mean turning a page. 
And here at the start of the new year, that's a, a pump-up image, isn't it? Just thinking the old is gone, the new has come. And this old gray, impure motive that I have in my heart, it's time to turn a page, to live with a motive that, that reflects heaven, reflects our Lord's heart. Is anybody ready to do that? Like, let's turn the page on tainted love, and let's start living with a love that's pure. You guys ready? I find myself saying, yeah, let's turn the page. But then Monday morning comes, right? And I'm thinking, okay, turning the page, that means change. And I try to like change, but bottom line, I'm not, change is hard, isn't it? It's hard to change status quo, even if status quo is messy. I like, I, I I even like my mess, right? I, my impure heart, I, if it means change, if it means letting go of something, if it means God is going to lead me into an area of my life where I have to surrender something, change a way I'm living, ah, I'm not as fired up to turn the page, right? <laughs> but how do we grow? It's change. So what I'm trying to say is, these next 10 weeks, from today till March 10th, might be the most important 10 weeks of this ministry year when it comes to developing a heart that beats with pure love for him, purify. And because they are important, there will be resistance. So here's what I'd like to do at the outset and just throw this out to you guys. Would you be willing to say, I'm going to make a commitment to show up on Sundays to receive a word from God, to be challenged, hard truth though it may be, to, be, to continue this purification journey. Because I'm guessing Saturday, you're, we're going to have every excuse in the book to call in sick on Sunday. Just don't feel like it, just don't feel like it, just that, this, the other in our mind. But God has a word for us, I believe, over these next 10 weeks that will lead to a heart that beats with pure love and enable us to turn the page. But the enemy of our soul does not want us here. So would you be willing to say, even at the start, I'm going to go 10 for 10. I'm going to go 10 for 10. If I'm not here, I'll catch it on podcast, but to the best of my ability, I will be here each Sunday with my faith family to worship, but also to receive. You guys in? I know I'm in. I'm going to be here. You say, well, you have to be. You work. That's true, but, <laughs> but uh, I can't wait to see what God, what if? The, the igniting vision for me is at the end of these 10 weeks, our church family, the bride of Christ, will never be more beautiful in the eyes of our God than we will be at that time because our hearts will be beating with a purity that they haven't been, be haven't been beating with before. That's our prayer and the vision. All right, so how do we, how does purify happen? Step one in the purification process is simply this, pray. It begins with prayer, to which you say, John, I know that. We, we started this ministry of praying, creating me a pure heart, along with David. I know that, John, because that's how Jesus lived, prayer saturated. That, that's pretty obvious. And he calls, calls us to that, especially in those moments when the heat is on, when, when um, those moments where we're, we're called to turn the page, to change, to follow him, and we're tempted not to. We see this in Mark chapter 14, when verse 31, Peter says, even, this is right before the cross, he says to Jesus, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Remember that? How's, does that not sound like us often right here on beginning of the new year? Lord, I'll do this, I'll do that for you. I'll, I'm going to do all this. If I have to die. But what happens? 
they all scatter. Remember that? And you say, well, what, what caused them to scatter? What was the, the reason? And we know our external actions hinge upon the state of our, our internal heart. And we see, see it here in, as Jesus, the, the story goes on, says that they went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. And he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And he said to them, stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And then he returned to his disciples, and he found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then as we read throughout Scripture, Scripture after Scripture, Paul, as he's handing out the armor for as we fight the good fight, remember how he ends it. He says, guys, pray. Ephesians 6, 18, pray. On all occasions, with all kinds of prayers, just keep on praying. We know prayer matters, right? We know our, our conversation with God, also praying for each other. This is huge when it comes to the work that God's doing in us. So here's the question. Why do we struggle with it? I think that's a great question for even small groups just to throw out. Why do we struggle with it? Peter, James, and John, why did you guys fall asleep? I mean, you knew what was coming. I, he was telling you about the cross, the upper room. Why do we grow weary? And for those, most of us, I would say we all want to pray, right? How many of us have made a prayer goal? Like, I'm going to do better praying this way. Or I'm going to pray for these people at this time. I bet almost all of us have said, I want to do better at this. But how many of us have failed? <laughs> Again. How, how many of us would say, I identify with Peter, James, and John, and yeah, I was fired up to pray, but man, I hardly prayed, short time, fell asleep. Why do we struggle to pray? And there are many answers to that question, but I heard one about a year ago this time that to me it was profound. I hadn't thought about it before, and when I started with the solution that, that this guy gave, it has been a huge help for me as I have prayed and as I've sought to be purified. And it's, it was given by a guy named Don Whitney. He, uh, he's an author, professor. He's written this book, written a book, Praying the Bible. And uh, he said this. Here was, his, here was his reason. Here's why we struggle to pray. We pray the same old things about the same old things. We pray the same old things about the same old things. And what does that lead to when we pray the same old things about the same old things? Well, we keep saying, it'd be like having a conversation with somebody you love, and you're just, you keep say, having the same conversation over again. What do you do? We get bored, right? And what happens when we get bored? We fall asleep, and we don't normally drift into doing the things that bore us. So when we pray the same old things about the same old things, it's not the same old things that are the problem. He, he went to school on this, and he said, what are the same old things that we pray about? And these are important things to pray about. He identified six things that we pray about that really are, shape our life. Family, the future, finances, work and school, church or ministry stuff, and then a crisis, a, our current crisis. And he, he 
identified their studies that show that the average human goes through a life-rattling crisis every six months, and, and so we'll pray about that crisis. Now, these are good things to pray about, right? And the, the problem's not that we're praying about the same old things. The problem is we're praying the same old things about the same old things, and we grow bored and we fall asleep. So what's the solution? It must be fundamentally simple because God calls all people to pray, regardless if you're five years old or if you're 50 or if you're 105. Education level, we're all called to pray. Wherever you're at in the world, we're called to pray. So it must be fundamentally simple. So what's the solution? And this, is, this is awesome, you guys. It, it's profound. It's so simple. It's like right in front of us, but, but we miss it. I was missing it, and, and it has been a huge help to my prayer life. And so next week, we're going to come back, and, and I'm going to share with you the solution, all right? No, we can't do that. I did that to our family in the living room yesterday, and, <laughs> and I didn't tell them. They had to come this morning to find out. It's so good. You know what it is? Pray the book. Pray the prayer book. God gave us a prayer book, a book to guide our conversation, to catalyze our conversation with him so we don't have the same conversation all the time and to be a template on, to know how to pray according to his will. Pray the book. And, and you know what's the profound and yet so helpful in this is when, we start pray, when I begin praying the book, my prayers are not so much about me. Now they're beginning to be more about God. Pr praying... Um, as I see him, especially praying through the Psalms. The Psalms were written right at the, and they're placed right in the heart of the Bible. Really, they're songs and, and prayers to be prayed back to our Lord. This has been so helpful in keeping us, keeping me from distraction. I don't know if anyone else struggles with this, but you're in the middle of a prayer and you're like, all of a sudden, you know, there's the bird, there's the cardinal, and cardinals, man, they did a Why'd they fall apart this season in football? Oh, I don't care. Thank you, Lord, for the win last night for the Colts. Wasn't a blessing and a half? But, oh, I need to be praying for next Sunday. How in the world are we going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs? But then I think of Lou. What's Lou going to do? I need to pray for Lou. Lou Gilbert, he loves the Chiefs and he loves the Colts. Who's he going to root for? But, Lord, thank you for Clara's daughter who graduated and just got the job. Thank you for that. Speaking of jobs, what's Laney going to do? I hope she runs for president. We desperately need Laney for president. But no, I don't want that. That would kill Janet. I'd have to watch your daughter go through the presidency and all that stuff. Mine's all over the place, right? Anybody else suffer with that when you go to pray? But when we're praying scripture, Psalm 23, say I'm praying, Lord, you're my shepherd. Thank you. I praise you. And then I go off on a tangent. Then it's like, nope, verse 2. All right. Lord is my shepherd. He leads me beside quiet waters. Lord, thank you for the way that you lead me and provide for me, etc. The uh, John Piper writes this. For me, it's essential that my prayers be guided by, saturated by, and sustained by the word of God. T.M. Moore says, nothing has brought me more vigor, satisfaction, and consistency into my own, into my own prayers than this single discipline. One of the, the great, really, prayer warriors throughout history is George Mueller, ran a lot of orphanages, but this was the prayer method that lit him up to pray. And the, uh, I think the most precious part of this is there's moments as I'm praying the Word of God, 
that I realize I'm talking to a real person, right? And he's in the room. And it's that part of our walk with God that's the mystery, but he's there. And it's, he does work in those moments, purifying work. As we pray his word, the, uh, the book that uh, eventually Don Whitney said, so many people said, this has been so help, helpful to me. Would you put it into a book? And he put it into this book, Praying the Bible. And he has, uh, if you'd like to dig deeper into this or be guided through this, lots of helpful tips in here. One of his is he's put in 31 days in the month, he's had, you can Google this and find the app for it, but it's Praying the Psalms. He gives you five psalms a day that you could pray or pick a psalm, your favorite psalm out of that five that you could pray and just keep praying through the psalms 31 days out of the, out of the uh, month throughout the year. And so the question becomes, okay, purify. It starts with prayer. How do we sustain prayer? How do we persevere in prayer? Pray the book. Say, well, how? how what's that look like? And we're going to do that real quick here. And we're going to pray a bit of scripture together and it's a prayer that Paul wrote to some Jesus followers he was helping he loved them it's Philippians chapter 1 verses 9 to 11 and I'll explain the the prayer a little bit just so we know what we're praying or understand the the uh the text but he starts like this and this is my prayer and as if you were praying this in your own chair time with the Lord you might say Lord, um, I see Paul praying this. Help me to be a person of prayer. Give me a passion to pray for the people around me the way Paul's praying for these people. And so what's he praying? This is my prayer. This is his one thing he's asking for these people, that your love, your agape may abound more and more. So Paul is praying, God, would you let the, the love that you're giving these people not fill their heart up quarter tank, half tank, th three quarters tank, but would you let your love abound in their heart more and more? Just let their hearts be overflowing with your love. Isn't that a great vision? Now, to think about praying that over your family. So I would pray, Father, would you let Tam's love abound more and more? To pray over my own heart. Would you let my love, your love for me, just, and my love going out to others, abound more and more? So what's it look like to live with abounding love? And I love that word because to have a heart full of abounding love leaves us bounding to love, right? Have you ever done something nice for someone? So you're praying, Lord, make me a blessing, and God nudges, yeah, better, you should do that to, to love that person. You're like, ah, okay. Don't really want to do this, but I'll do it. And you go do it. And then you realize, ah, man, was that a heart abounding with love? I was uh, halfway through my chair time yesterday morning sitting at our kitchen counter when the coffee pot went off and I was deep in thought halfway through my cup of coffee I did not want to get up and restart that coffee pot but my mind went to Tam I knew she my wife would be up in a couple minutes and she would have to pour out a lukewarm cup of coffee and there's nothing worse than a lukewarm cup of coffee so I'd get, need to get up stop my chair time and go turn that coffee pot back on or What's a love that's abounding do? Yes, I'm all over this. This is why, boom, I'm up and I'm abounding in love. And abounding love bounds to love, right? Isn't that a cool picture? Wouldn't it be great if we could live there? <laughs> Lord, give me the, the love that I would just be bounding off the kitchen chair when, when I could do something little nice for my wife. I, I pick, keep picturing a golden retriever. Actually, Natalie, golden retriever that when you come home from work, 
What's a golden retriever do? Bounds to love. Why? Because it's abounding in love. Just say, I love you and, and be with you and all that stuff. That's what he's praying. Is it possible to live with the heart that's abounding in love, pure like that? It starts with prayer. But then he goes on. That your heart would be abounding in love. That uh, more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So we would just pray, Lord, what are the ways that, that I could better love? Learning the love languages of those around me so that I might love in a way that's knowledgeable, growing in insight. And now next he comes to the reason for this prayer. So that you may be able to discern what is best. The hardest questions in life are not what is right, wrong, but what is, what do we decide between good and best? And where do we learn that? The decision-making framework of a heart that's abounding in love. If our heart's abounding in love, we'll know what's good and what's best, and we'll choose best. And that's his prayer for these people, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Isn't this awesome? Pure and blameless, without offense. Pure meaning a sincere heart that wants the good of that other person and blameless that I'm not doing things that would hurt another person for the day of Christ. What I love about this prayer is he's saying, I'm praying that today your heart would be overflowing with love, this day, so that you'll be ready for that day. This day, for that day, and he pulls the shade, do you see that? With hope. Even in this prayer, he's, he's looking towards that day. It's coming. Christ could come back for us today, for sure we'll see him when we cross the uh, threshold of death. But he's praying that we would be ready, that these Jesus followers would be ready for that day. And then he goes on, he highlights the impact of a heart abounding with love when he says, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. All for the glory and the praise of God. And uh, bringing it full circle back to our primary vocation, all that we do we'd be doing it for his glory. So bringing it all together, today we begin this 10-week journey, purify, where the living God would would change us to be more like Christ, purifying our hearts. How does it happen? It starts with prayer. And how do we pray? How do we keep praying? We pray the book. We pray the will of God. So just to, to groove this in our minds so that we can remember this tomorrow, would you guys be willing to just shout this out together? How about all shout purify? Well, this side, you guys say it starts with prayer, and then you guys say, pray the book. All right? So here we go. I'll say purify. It starts with prayer. Purify. Starts with prayer. Purify. Awesome. All right. Now, my hope and prayer is for someone, Don Whitney start of this book, listen to what he says. This is why he wrote this book. He says, I just want to thank R.F. Gates, who God used in ways neither of us could have imagined in that moment on March the 1st, 1985, when he held up the Bible and he said, pray the book. Changed Don Whitney's life. And he's been encouraging Jesus followers in it ever since. Guys, Pre-cross, what happened to the disciples? They fell asleep on the prayer. And what happened? Scattered. Fear took them out. 
post-resurrection and ascension, what happened to the, to the disciples? Ain't nobody sleeping on this. Acts 1.14, they gathered continuously in prayer, and the church was birthed. The church grew in prayer. Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves to what? Apostles teaching, fellowship, and prayer. And then Acts 4, here comes the threats, the stuff that ought to scatter them. And if you read Acts 4, guess what their, the first, their first move? To their knees, it starts with prayer. And what were they praying? Guess what they're praying? The book, Psalm 2. They prayed the book. And the place was shaken. They were given boldness to go be a blessing as they shared the gospel. Why were they praying the book? Because it's what their leader did with his last breath and what our leader did with his last breath. When Jesus took our sin to the cross and just before crossing into that threshold, through the threshold of death, what was his last words? Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And what was that? A prayer from the book. He was praying Psalm 31, 5. Isn't that awesome? It's right in front of us. <laughs> it's here. So profound, so simple, so doable. So let's start with prayer and pray the book. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for this opportunity today just to meet together as a faith family. One, to, to praise you and then to encourage one another and to receive this word from you as we set out on this journey to be purified, to be like you. Thank you for this, and we just help, help us to live it out as we go. We pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.